0: Hey friends, welcome to the Barrington Area Banter, a fun way to get to know the people and places in the Barrington area. Our producer is Anthony Lackis of Gray Wolf Records and Productions, and I am your hostess, Jennifer Fallett of Jennifer Fallett Photography. So today in studio, we welcome Lauren Bryn wife, mother of five, a local resident and owner of One Life Kitchen located in Barrington. Welcome, Lauren.
1: Thanks for having me. So tell us, how long, um, how long have you been in Barrington? I have been in Barrington... You know what? I have to base it on how old my kids are. So my youngest is turning 16 and we moved while I was pregnant with him. So yeah, it'll be 16 years. Lived in Biltmore for the first 10 years and then uh, about five years ago we moved uh, right into the heart of downtown uh, Barrington in the village. Excellent. Yeah, you're only a couple blocks away from me. Yes, yes. That's We're fun. on the magical street of Cook.
0: <laughs> See that? And where did you grow up?
1: Uh, uh, I grew up in um, Arlington Heights, which is the suburbs, um, about 15, 20 minutes away from Barrington. Uh, my mom and dad are, um, been, I guess, happily married for 50 plus years. <laughs> and I'm um, the second of nine children. So grew up very different from how my children today are being raised, but... Um, very good memories nonetheless yeah i'm
0: sure do you think coming from a big family is why you have five
1: children actually i only thought i was going to have a couple children <laughs> but it took a while to have a boy so um so um i um have three girls up front and then uh, the two boys uh ta- and our pack so but i i like um i like family and um it's kind of like the core of really um my role in life is to leave that legacy of being a mom first and foremost so yeah
0: yeah i agree with you about leaving a legacy of being a mom and the family being the the most important thing the center of your life right Mm -hmm. i can't imagine any career or anything i could ever do that could top being a mom
1: yeah it's it's a great um privilege kind of even living in barrington because we um as women for the most part, I have had the opportunity to be able to uh, choose whether you want to be a mom and stay at home or a career. So I love kind of the diversity, but I like to see that I kind of can fit in very nicely with um, being a mom and um, being considered that as a noble quote unquote career in our community. And it's highly respected. And It's not just, oh, you're just a mom. Right.
0: Yeah. You know growing up too, you would hear people talk about you know oh, she's just a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and they don't realize how much work you put into being a mom how much how much is on your shoulders
1: yes and then the crazy thing is you forget afterwards so I am um, a grandmother and I have little Ava come to my house a couple days a week and the one day my son's like why are you not on time? Like, where are you? I'm like, I'm trying to get a car scene in the car. I'm trying to get her coat on and like, and you forget like after a while, like those 10 extra minutes you need to require in order to get from point A to point B and stuff like that. So I'm really very happy where I'm at right now in the stage of motherhood where my kids are, uh, like I said, almost 16 and up to my adult daughter who's 30. So I'm like happy with that stage of motherhood right now where they're almost launched but they still need their mom and they always will need their mom but right. not like on a day-to-day needy basis. Yeah, that's they can n- figure out how to make their own dinner if I'm not around.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's nice when your kids can help out and do things on their own and it's nice I mean we know they need us and we need them and we need them to need us, right? But it's nice that they can be self-sufficient with certain things that we Allow them to be. I mean, my son's only twelve, but he'll be thirteen soon. I can't believe i have a teenager in my house. Yeah. It seems just unreal. Yeah. And you, being a grandmother, yeah. I always hear from people that they say being a mom is wonderful, but once you become a grandparent, then it's like the icing on the cake.
1: Oh yeah, I will tell you. There's definitely a few things that I've already noticed so far, and and so I don't call myself a grandmother because like. I need your audience to know I'm just turning 50. So (laughs) (laughs) I had a couple of the kids younger in life and by the grace of God, it worked out. And um, I'm still happily married to my husband. And uh, we um, have gotten to see the different roles that come in being Jima and Jupa. And so um, I have to now understand that um, my children are adults and I have to sometimes respect their requests. Like if they don't want me to do something or my daughter's like, stop spoiling her so much. You give her some every time she comes and you're making her like not into a, like a brat. So to speak. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm allowed to do what I want. And then I realized like, wait a second. No, I'm really not. I have to respect her request as an adult so that's been something I've had to learn to adjust just even as they've gone off to college and stuff like that is respect who they are becoming and not who I want them to be but who they are but um, being a Jima, the other thing that's a little um, cool to experience is just how much more magnified my love is um, for like my grandchildren because the two girls are like they're like the second generation, so to speak, of me. So it's like, I really love my daughter, but now like Ava and Ophie, it's like, I like crazy love. And so I am all the more protective of them. I'm like, I don't want anything to happen while under my watch.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I get it. And I I can't wait to be a grandma. I mean, I can't wait. He's only 12, but I look forward to it. I do what I say. When he gets married, then that's when I'll get a daughter. And then at some point I... You know, I hope to live to be a very old lady and be a grandma. Yes. A great grandma would be great. But you said you just tu- you're almost fifty, and yes. I just did turn fifty. Yes. Um. In the fall, and you know, I think it's also pretty great that you're not afraid to talk about your age. I'm not, and some people are. They don't realize the blessing of getting older means you're you, you're winning the game. That you're alive
1: <laughs> well i gotta tell you at first i'm like oh my god i remember when my mom turned 50 that's like old <laughs> and so part of me is like oh i don't want to be 50 but then i'm trying to find fun ways to look forward to being 50 like i'm doing a trip with my husband when i turn 50 i am uh, renting out the White house got a girl's fun week uh, uh weekend party there and so i'm trying to find excitement in it. And I'm not cutting my long blonde hair anytime soon, so.
0: (laughs) no, and why should you, right? (laughs) They say how you should wear your makeup or your hair or what you should wear at a certain age. And I think really all you need to do is stop worrying about what everyone thinks.
1: Right, right. Right? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, um, I'm confident enough and who I am right now that I don't have to feel like I have to convert to like the stereotype of whatever. It is to be 50 i'm like i'm around good people i enjoy my work a lot and um i honestly feel like i started life a little early in having my daughter when i was 18. so i felt like i was a mother early on so now i'm kind of catching up on enjoying things that other people got to do um like in their 20s that i didn't get to do because i was a mom so i'm like um young I, i'm like the first in kind of almost a group of my friends to be able to do a lot of the stuff that i'm doing uh so it's like i'm kind of leading the pack but at the same time i'm actually enjoying
0: it <laughs> yeah no that's cool i was 37 when my son was born and my husband was he's older than me <laughs> i'll just say that yeah. so we look now at his friends that are retiring and their kids are in college most of his friends are grandparents and we just have a 12 year old so we're on the opposite end of that where we did, he traveled the world. We did a lot of things together mm-hmm. before my son was born. And now we're on the slower pace. So I have friends my age who are able to go out and do all these great trips, these girls' trips. And I really can't, but I wouldn't change I wouldn't trade my life the way right. it's happening right now for anything. I feel like this is just the way God intended my life to be. You know, we had our our moment our years together, eleven years together, married before he was born, and now it's just on the the flip side. I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I totally believe, um, like what it says in the Bible, there's a time and a season for everything. (laughs) Absolutely. Ecclesiastes, yeah. Yeah.
0: For sure. So um, tell us now about your business, One Life Kitchen.
1: Okay, so um, One Life Kitchen was established um, probably maybe more like seven years ago in my mind, but it will be five years old um, this fall. And um, Kind of the idea came to me right actually when I was uh, around 40. And um, as my kids were kind of being a little bit more self-sufficient... Uh, my husband um, is in the pharmaceutical industry career, and he was starting up a company. And not that I was trying to copy him and start up a company, but I'm seeing all this like fulfillment happening around me, and I'm just kind of at—I don't want to say like a midlife crisis, but maybe it was a slight midlife crisis. Like, what is my purpose now? The kids don't need me day in and day out. I um, have an opportunity, like we were talking about earlier, to have to be able to stay at home. Uh, but yet I wasn't quite finding all my satisfaction. And so I, um, but in turning 40, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, um, figure that out. And what I started first was, um, okay. When I was turning 40, I decided, um, I wanted to remember what that particular time looked like in my life because my grandmother. Uh, from my uh, husband's side uh, we call her FAMO in Norwegian Uh, FAMO was telling me I remember this years ago like you know, you only know me as this older lady. And, you know, I was so beautiful back in my day and I wore pretty dresses and I always had my nails looking amazing. But you know what? She was right. I'm like, I only knew her from the time I dated my husband, which I think she was like in her like early 70s at that time. And she was like talking about like, oh, I wish I could, I can't go back to be your age. But she was like, you're like in like the joy of your life right now. You're having family and with children and uh, spending time with friends and blah, blah, blah. And and she's like, I wish I could um, show you a glimpse of what that looked like in my life back then. And then I started thinking to myself, yeah, I should probably like remember that. Because like, I want to turn to be 80, but I don't want to like sometimes be old and gray and wrinkled (laughs) and stuff like that. So what I did actually was a really classy, classy, boudoir photo shoot to preserve what life looked like at the age of 40 for me and but in order to do that it's like damn I gotta lose like at least like 10 pounds I need to do this I need to do this and I need to do this and so just from wanting to do that photo shoot I decided um okay I need to figure out how to get my plan in action and then I started uh working out on a regular basis with a trainer and uh for a while like we're really good on track and then one day he's like he asked me like when are you going to care about your inside like you do your outside and I'm like what the hell I pay you good money to just train me (laughs) not to psychology me but to train me and um but I guess you know when you get angered by something sometimes there's probably a reason why it, it strikes you and uh I started thinking about it and I realized like, yeah, I don't really eat that well. I will maybe um, enjoy a nice Five Guys burger and fries and then starve myself for half the day or whatever. I just really wasn't kind of understanding how food is medicine and um so i decided to go back to school and i did my dietetic degree at harper and at harper is where i kind of got the whole idea of opening one life kitchen and it really started off with the idea of doing healthy eating classes and health coaching and things like that um but what i did learn in businesses um what one of my uh, male friends taught me was don't ever be married to your ideas in business because um your ideas change. And if you don't change, your business never really grows. And so what kind of start off as just like a health coaching, uh, eating healthy, made me realize, you know, there's only probably this percentage of people in the world that are like that. And I'm losing a lot of clientele by only offering that kind of lifestyle of um, dinner parties. And so what we then, what I ended up then doing was going more with the idea of, um, <laughs> I, I joke and call it, I'm like, I'm a food whore. I'll be what you want me to be. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want me to make you pizza, great. And if you want me to make you vegan food, great. I'll, I'll do what you want to do because ultimately it's about coming together with your family and friends just around the dinner table enjoying a nice meal together and carving time out from a busy lifestyle just to create a memory that hopefully you know like we're saying when you're older you look back on with fondness and you're glad that you actually took the time that day to be with those you love and so that's really kind of and a long story. <laughs> well, that was a lot of great information. Well, we I'm gonna
0: jump on the boudoir okay. session. Yeah. Awesome. Good for you. I do shoot some boudoir. You know I'm a photographer. I did not know that you did that. <laughs> yes. But I'm I'm impressed that you did that. And I think it's wonderful because, you know, people have also a weird idea about what that is, but really it's just a woman feeling as beautiful as she can be. And whether she wants to do implied, she's doing fully nude, she's doing, you know, lingerie or she's even just dressed in something that's very, you know, provocative. But as long as she's feeling beautiful, and, Mm -hmm. you know, the photographer can bring out the best in her. And that's just a nice thing people do. I don't think enough people have themselves photographed, even if it's not boudoir, just beauty or glam. I think I know high school seniors, it's a popular thing, you know, but um, for people individually, just to want to be photographed and keep that moment in time, because you're keeping a record of who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, and down the road, you know, if we don't have family portraits, if we don't have these things. How do people know what you looked like? How do you how do you keep track of that? So that's great. But as far as one life, I think that's a a really cool story how you you transitioned into that and you you talked about how your business changes. I was just talking to Anthony, our producer earlier about that, how your business ideas change. And I agree about not being married to the idea and letting it letting it flow, leaving that fluid.
1: Yeah, absolutely so like just a couple other little changes we did was initially early on i thought oh i'm gonna teach cooking classes every day and then i saw like uh you know you gotta look at your numbers because numbers don't lie and those really weren't producing the best results for our space so i decided well why don't we instead of doing public classes, why don't I get someone like you to offer to host a class with like eight or ten of your friends. And then we offer a discount to you for being that hostess for the evening. So we kind of converted more from doing classes into Um, private dinner parties or even renting out our space to other people. And then uh, eventually I also met a girl, Miranda, who's a sommelier. And we do now like wine tastings and wine clubs and things like that. um, uh, (laughs) Because I think alcohol is the king (laughs) of cash in my industry.
0: (laughs) I love the idea of the wine tasting. Actually, wine tasting is something I love to do. Whenever I go on vacation or travel or anything, I want to stop in at the A little wineries and have that. And I enjoy that more than even having a glass of wine Mm
1: -hmm. at a restaurant
0: or at a place. I usually, when I go out to eat, I don't even buy alcohol. Mm -hmm. I bring my water with me everywhere and that's what I drink all day long. But get me to a place where I can get a flight of wine or Mm -hmm. I can try these. Oh, that to me is just so, it's so worth it to me.
1: And there's always stories behind these vineyards. That's the cool thing that sometimes you don't hear that story when you're just poured a glass of wine in a restaurant, and we really uh, try to find vineyards and wines that you're not just going to be able to pop in Vinnies or Jewel and pick up. So. Right. What's your favorite vineyard that you've toured? Oh, gosh, gotcha. you know, I've been to Napa and I've been to Sonoma. Um, the most recent one that I went to that I really loved was Cliff Lede. And it was referred to me by somebody. And that's like right down in Yachtville. Um, in uh, California. And beautiful, beautiful. It's Stag Leap's region. And um, what's really cool is they have their um, vineyard lots named after different musicians. So oh, that's really that's cool. That's kind of cool. And um, it's, it's great wine, and in fact, I'm trying to learn as I'm a wine club member of a couple different vineyards that it's okay to drink a 150 bottle on a Wednesday night. <laughs> that took me a while to learn how to do because I always we'd be like, "No, I'm going to save this. I'm going to save this. I'm going to save this." But um, a good glass wine with a good company, it's always worth opening. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: absolutely. I've not been to any wonderful wineries, really just Northern Michigan, then some in Door County. But for mm-hmm. my 50th birthday, my uh, one of my best friends and I took a mom a girl's trip, but we took our kids. So it was eight of us in a minivan driving uh-huh. out to Herman, Missouri. Shout out to Herman, Missouri. <laughs> I am check into It was pretty weird. There was actually There were some neat ones. We had a few good wines, um, but we had a great time. And the kids stayed out back at the Airbnb. She has a teenage daughter who, you know, was a supervisor of the kids. And we went around and drank a lot of wine that day, little samples. But we had a great time. You know, we stopped for some Mexican food to break it up. But just it was so much fun. And the wine, I mean, none of them were great. We didn't buy anything. We didn't bring any wine home. But that wasn't the purpose. It was really just to have the, the fun time, right? But trying the wines and hearing about the different wines, too, is fun. The story, the story behind different Everything, all of it involved.
1: Yeah. Well, what's really cool is now, like when I go to a restaurant, like I was at a restaurant recently and I saw Jordan on there and we were just at that vineyard and it just takes you back to that memory of being at the vineyard. You can have a little conversation. I always think like travel always brings out that conversation and to be able to share with our waitress, oh, we were there and here's what I liked about it and stuff like that. It just keeps the memory of that experience alive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually on the way back from... Missouri, I wanted to stop in St. Louis. Well, we did stop in St. Louis, but we didn't stop at this. There's a winery out in the area that carries a huckleberry wine that you can only really get up in the Northwest in Montana. In fact, is where I had it in Glacier National Park. I had this huckleberry wine and it was oh, so good. That's
1: what you're talking and I about.
0: wanted to buy some and bring some home, but we still had like a week left on the trip. And I didn't want that bouncing <sighs> around my our <sighs> our truck for a week. So I didn't. But then on the way home from Missouri, I wanted to stop off, but instead we went to the Arch, and let the kids, you know, play around. They didn't really care about going to a winery. So that was it. But speaking of Montana, you were just there. Yes,
1: I was. So I got excited when I just heard yeah. you say a week ago today, I was in a uh, glacier. Mountains. I was excited yeah. when I saw your post. Yes. Yes. So um, we decided to try somewhere different this year for uh, winter break, uh, actually spring break. Uh, normally, the boys uh like going out to uh, beaver creek area and so forth um, but i was out with a girlfriend back in january and she was saying that she was going to go to whitefish and i'm like hmm, i have never heard of that before and we kind of already had our spring break so to speak already planned and actually booked in uh, lake tahoe area and then i casually brought up because I knew my son has always wanted to go to Montana. And like, I, I'm like, I'm not a skier really. So I like, you guys decide where you want to go and we'll just go wherever. And my son's like, I, I wanted to go there. like I know he's wanted to go there. And then the fact that we went with another uh, friends of ours, um, it made it all the better. And it was an amazing experience. You know, I'm just, I'm blown away by just the creation that exists in this world. Like Absolutely. you can um enjoy a beautiful, hot, eighty degree sunset on the waters of, you know, the Pacific or or be humbled by the mountains of Montana. It's just it's so amazing. They're so different and yet they're so spectacular. And that's what I think is so awe inspiring about it. It's like you can be different and still be amazing and, and be amazing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it it is amazing. I think God really knew what He was doing, right, when He created when He created this planet. But it is my my favorite place to go is Glacier. We're definitely national parks. People, we're mountains and canyons and everything. We love Utah, Wyoming, and Alaska. Mm -hmm. But um, when I saw that you were in Whitefish, I was so jealous because we love to go there, and I've never been in winter. We always go like late spring into fall. Because they shut down the roads.
1: Yes, they did. A lot of the roads were shut down. Um, the main strip we did get to go through. And that's one thing that I learned um, about Montana is We were actually there kind of on the off season. I was talking to one of our servers and she's like, you know, things are going to quiet down for the next month because skiing season really almost is over at this point. Like we, My boys were skiing almost in like 45 degree weather with hardly even a winter coat on them because it was just so gorgeous and beautiful out there. Um, But the the season is actually wrapping up here this next weekend. And then they have like this low period for about a month. And that's when all of a sudden their high of the season um, takes places all during the summer months. Is what yeah, she said.
0: yeah, it gets crazy busy. But um if you if and when you go back and you need to go back yeah, I definitely and spend time in Glacier, through. like the going to the Sun Road um is this road that takes you through the park. And it's really it's like I say it's life changing. I mean, it, uh-huh. we got engaged there. So for me, it was life changing, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we love it. And we would go back every few years. We took our son there a couple of years ago and we're talking about going back this summer. We, um, our 25th wedding anniversary is coming up next uh, in two months. And we're talking about, you know, going out there or to Tetons or something, somewhere in the mountains. So I, I, so I always dreamed of getting married with the mountains behind me Mm -hmm. and that didn't happen. We got married in Oak Brook with the Drury Lane Mm -hmm. Theater behind us or whatever. But I thought how fun to go back and um, I don't really feel that we need our vow renewal. We don't need to renew our commitment. We're committed, but it would be fun to do kind of a little fake ceremony or renewal ceremony so I can have some pictures taken and we can have that. I don't know, my son would would officiate. (laughs) I thought that would be pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. But traveling is just one of the great things in life especially when your family, did your whole family come with you or not the whole family? Uh, but. Actually,
1: you know what? I was the only girl with five boys. So my hu- my husband and then each of the boys brought a friend and then my, but of course then my girlfriend, Angie and her daughter, Alex, were with, but then their two boys, Josh and Brady. So, I mean, I was like with, um, a group of boys, and um, I'm sure my daughters will love hearing me say this. I got to say, being around boys, it's it's a cool thing as a mom. Because you know what? The one thing I eliminate immediately is drama. Drama, <laughs> yes.
0: I was going to say, probably the drama. There
1: was no arguing, no fighting. It was like, get in the car. Okay, fine. Like, whatever. There was no... no, no no drama. <laughs> yeah, it's that's kind of nice, and and it is kind of cool being the only one of the socks at that at something because you are kind oh, of like special. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you're treated like the princess yes. that you are, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you weren't, um, if you didn't have one life kitchen, what do you think you'd be doing?
1: If I didn't have one life kitchen, what do I think I? You think you would, think would,
0: you would have stayed that what you were doing before you started I or Would you have? Prob- been-
1: yeah, I probably, I'd probably be still like making nice dinners for my family because i like to cook um i i feel like um not that i want to go back to start life over but the one thing that i really have a passion for that i wish i had um, more encouragement or more to figure out how to make that happen was more um with music because i love playing the piano i didn't like it as a kid i was annoyed at how many scales i had to play and (laughs) and how i was forced to take piano lessons and i didn't really like it but out of it it eventually became something that i loved and when i was in college i paid for lessons myself i paid for lessons as even an adult i've played for several of my siblings for their weddings and um I love music. Honestly, like if there's something that I cannot live a day without, it's like having music in my ear. So, um, I, Wish I actually took more time to do that, but when I turned forty, actually, that was the gift my husband bought me it was a baby grand. So, uh-huh. uh, when whenever we move, if that doesn't fit in the house, we don't buy that house <laughs> <laughs> because that, that's a uh, very big. Um, and and a couple of our girls play the piano, so it's nice to be able to pass on something that you love onto your kids. But um, music is a big part, so I'd probably and you know what when I sit there and play the piano. I realized like how fast time can go by. And that's when, you know, you're doing something you love because I'll sit down I'm like, I'm going to just play for Lima's Rob for yeah. like, you know, a half hour. and then Invite me over next time. By, I want to come over. For a half real. hour goes by. And then all of a sudden, like two hours later, I'm like, oh, my God, I've been at this piano. I need to get some work done. Oh so that's when I know I'm doing something I love.
0: That is so awesome. I love that. And I hope my son is listening because, you know, he does not enjoy. He, he likes playing piano. He likes being good at the piano and playing it. But he doesn't like practicing. You know and i we have a bet i forget um when we made this but i told him when you're an adult if you are if you regret that you know how to play the piano i will give you like a thousand dollars if you regret it
1: so I that's mean, good because he will not <laughs> yeah I, I can't even imagine you'll win that bet <laughs> yeah oh i know i know
0: <laughs> that's wonderful and it, and it's so nice to hear music coming I mean, what a thing to be able to make it with your hands when you you're creating that music yeah and I don't know, I think something else I love about music, and I think about this often actually, is that it's it's for everybody, right? It doesn't matter what you weigh, what you look like, how much money you have or don't have, if you're in debt, if you're, what kind of car you drive, everyone has access to some beautiful music, right? Of whatever true. you like. And, and it can be emotional, yeah. it can touch you, yeah. it can bring back memories, it can make you happy,
1: Absolutely. sad, it can, you know, Absolutely. if you,
0: like I, I'm all over the radio station, what do you listen to in your car?
1: Actually, you know what? I'm kind of guilty of um, what I call overplayed playlists (laughs) because I like put together my on my phone and then I have it. And I mean, my playlists are to the point where I know the next song that's coming out. So I probably should switch it up a little bit. I don't listen as much to the radio. So I do like my playlists, or I listen to books on Audio. Gotcha. That's what I do. Yeah, I but jump around. I do like country music. That's I do too. Like, that's like one thing I really enjoy listening to. Yeah,
0: I like, and I like here in the old country though, stuff I grew up listening to. My, my mother was rock and roll, my father was country. So as a kid, I would have like Journey or Meatloaf. And mm-hmm. then we'd also have uh, like Kenny Rogers and Oak Ridge Boys. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. So yeah. I dig all that. But like Meet TV FM radio, 87 87.7 or something, they play all like the 50s. Number 104 was it Magic 104 oh yeah that? like the yeah, oldies they that. play that kind of stuff then they also play um like 70s like Yacht Rock and everything so it's a great mix I'll so I up. jump around on a yeah. few stations but that's probably my most played which surprises me because I was always like I always had like the more like heavy metal <laughs> or I had country I had like one or the other yeah. so now I don't know but I
1: we, and we're I'm f- trying to learn some of the boys music. It's not really my jam. But, you yeah. know, it's so funny. It's whoever grabs that dial first or gets their phone in the, like, cord, uh, the plug first gets a... Uh, they have shotgun on the yeah. radio.
0: <laughs> That's pretty funny. So, um, so what are your dreams for One Life Kitchen as far as moving forward?
1: So, moving forward. Um, I've like already have had so many incredible dreams happen from there like meeting so many people in the community that I never would have gotten to meet Um, so I absolutely love that I I love um, seeing the stories of some of our guests that come in that they're totally shocked or you know um, or just the experiences of, of why they're coming together like we had uh, someone do a party that paid off their mortgage wow. we had somebody do a big party surprising their mom for their 70th and i still remember he just told me afterwards uh he's like i will now be the favorite son and he goes i will <laughs> get whatever i want at this point and he goes thank you for making me look so good and you know it's like it's like it's a privilege to be a part of other people's celebrations not like i feel like i'm crashing them but it's like i get to see this um, this view of just how other people do life um, you know we had one couple come a couple of years ago and all four of their kids um, are older now like i, I shouldn't say oh like 30 and up you know they're married they're just babies <laughs> and i could just see how much complete respect they had for their parents like when their dad was talking like they were like really looking them in the eye and But the day I was treating the child, the the one son, the same way. And afterwards, I was so intrigued by this family because I'm like, that's, that's like, you guys, I actually told the couple afterwards, you are my goal for my future for my family. And like, I was like trying to get as many tips out of them as I can and like, what did you do to raise such successful kind children that like wanna be around you still? And, and like, what is all like, like, give me some secrets. So well, what were their secrets? Tell us. <laughs> um, well, like one of the secrets, they were actually planning um, a, a trip together at the time. And so then afterwards I'm like, well, I could see like this couple was definitely very successful. And so I'm like, well, do you like pay for their trips or do they pay for them? And, he, and then he was telling me, you know what? once your children are so are successful and can do things for themselves, he goes, that's when you really feel even extra compelled to want to help them out because you're really not helping them. They can afford the plane ticket themselves. But he goes, at this point in my life, I want to be able to spend as much time with them as I can. And he's like, I don't want to die with um, an account full of money. So I want to be able to... Um, enjoy it with my children, but I don't want I don't want them to enjoy it where I don't get to see it. So he's like, this is a great way for us as a family to come together with the grandchildren and stuff like that. And he goes, I don't. Um I don't have annoyance towards them that I'm taking care of him because he goes this is what I want to do and so um, that was good and then he was telling me you know kind of like understanding each personality of each child and how um, some need a little bit more direction than others um, not to show favoritism that was another thing he was telling me because <laughs> he goes siblings always notice what every mm-hmm. other siblings getting
0: oh yeah so, I noticed So up. <laughs> that's
1: uh, that was another thing he was saying but then he also said to me which is True. He goes, you know, you're, you're, you're just you're getting a glance of my life and our family's life um, while we're in kind of a controlled, so to speak, environment. He goes, he goes, just, you know, I respect that you, you know, see us, but we're probably a lot like other families, too, where we have our strengths, but we also have our weaknesses. So don't, uh, you know. Don't be overly like wowed by any one particular person because yeah, you're only getting like a little glimpse. The highlights, right?
0: Yeah. Isn't it like on social media they only play the highlights of life? People don't usually exactly.
1: So you want to be that. But but that this particular couple, like I really did truly admire, like um what they represent and um so forth. So I've gotten a lot of dreams for one life already occur, but you know, in the next five years, um, i will have to actually ask my question what what where do you see yourself at that point because um i don't know how um much i'm gonna want to necessarily be doing as much as i'm doing today but i still would like to be involved obviously in the kitchen but just kind of figure out what might be my new role or who might be somebody that um in the next five years after that i would like to Turn it over to or like that. So, those are questions that uh, should be starting to explore, but I'm procrastinating that right now.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, knowing that you have two grandchildren and and probably will have more within five years, Mm -hmm. you know, your life's going to look different and who knows, right? And right now, what's happening in the world, everything is so different that it's hard to. To really know what we're going to be doing.
1: Right. And, and, you know, if COVID didn't teach us anything, it just taught us that. <laughs> it's like things change very fast and you have to be flexible and um, be okay with change. You know, it's not always easy, but yeah, if you're not flexible, it's it's not going to serve you well.
0: Yeah. You, you can't be afraid of change. We have to, and we don't have to like it but we have yeah, to absolutely. understand yeah. that it's here and we have to yeah. move on be resilient and get through it, right? Yeah. What, what do you find to be the most challenging aspect of being a wife, mother, and business owner?
1: I think for me, one of the most challenging things is I want to... Um, I don't know if you've ever done that enneagram with uh, the different types of uh, personalities, but I always rate high in the perfectionist. So whenever I do something, it's like I want to do it well. And if I don't, it's like I'm so hard on myself. And I notice like I tend to sometimes if anybody gets treated that same way, personality wise, um, I tend to treat my husband that way because it's like I I have the standard for myself. And so I'm kind of inflicting on that standard of perfection so to speak on other people and so when you're trying to um, manage several roles sometimes you don't always shine in every role and you have to be okay with you know what tonight I was a good businesswoman but tonight I kind of um, messed up on being a good mom because i was running out the door and i didn't take the time to go upstairs to say goodbye to someone or something like that and so i it's hard to do every role at every time always well so i have to kind of give myself a little grace on being okay with not being perfect all the time. And in fact, we talked about that recently, like in one of um, uh, women in business meetings about how perfection sometimes is what stops you actually from figuring out the answer because like perfect isn't always achievable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually a great segue into Ms. Business, which is, um, I'll let you explain.
1: Yeah, okay. So I started this business because, um, well, I'll explain what it is in a second, but the reason I started this uh, women's group, it's um, for women who own small businesses or work in corporate America. And as I had mentioned earlier, you know, I'm very fortunate to live in a community where um, a lot of women don't have to work, and so they they, um, opt not to work. And uh, when I started my business... And I had questions more more times than not. I had to kind of go to a lot of my guy friends like, hey, what would you do in this situation? Or oh my God, this happened. And I don't know how to handle this situation. Like, what would you do? And so forth and so on. And then I didn't have um, an MBA, which I don't know where I got this idea. In order to have a business, you have to have an MBA. False. Um, <laughs> but thankfully. I, I, yeah, I, thankful, thankfully so. And then I just had to learn so much as I went in researching things. And I was well appreciative of some of the advice a lot of guy friends gave at the same time like wow that's kind of like you're not understanding my emotion or my feeling to this or this and I realized just how different um, men and women are in business and how different even a mom who wants to work is from sometimes the mom who wants to stay at home you know it's like we We're the same as females, but different in our drive or our interests and stuff like that. And that's again, what's so cool is we're all different. That's what makes the world so awesome is that everybody has that. But they don't always have um, the sense to... uh, They don't always have the understanding then of like what it is that you're like struggling with or something like that. So I needed to find a group of girls that I could hey say, hey, I didn't get paid this week from this person. Like, what would you do in this situation? Or, hey, how do I better market myself for, or, or just be honest and transparent and hold me accountable to like some of my goals for my business and say, hey, how's that going? And so I reached out to uh, a local friend who was in real estate at the time, it and Claire Syncox. Yeah, right? actually, her mom. actually oh, okay. it, was, it was her mom, uh, Liz, and I reached out to Liz, and I'm like, I was just at a group in the North Shore, and I saw how dynamic this group was, and I think we can do something like that in Barrington, and uh, just get good. Business women who have the energy and drive who you didn't have to be a mom but we're kind of like if you were a mom that that added even more to it as well and uh let's meet and so uh we have been meeting since like 2019 we got like now started with one huddle I think there's like four or five now and um it just gives people an opportunity to go through talk about their business and us to just support one another and what support looks like uh, for a lot of us women isn't um, sticking them in the corner like throwing a a business card at them and cornering them to do a party or something at your space or whatever but it looks like well why don't you describe what your ideal client looks like because maybe I might not be that client but maybe you might be that client Um, so we try to help one another out in different ways or do shout outs on our social media and stuff like that. Or just be encouraging. Like if you know somebody has like an event going on, say, Hey, I'm there for you. I'll come. Or if I, if I'm not there, check in with them later and ask them, Hey, how did that go? And stuff like that. So it became, uh, business community as a whole and um it's really cool to see what's become of that and i'm glad to have that type of friends um that i can go to to ask questions because they totally understand what that kind of walk of life of being a businesswoman is about
0: yeah i love being in business i joined i think it was 2020 you had the grant like an open house and i came and met and i was really happy to um to have a place to meet women who are in the same, a lot, a lot of times kind of the same boat I am. Because even though I have a lot of friends and you know, you you have different groups, like different, um, just different groups that have yes. different common threads. And most of my friends n- don't own their own business. You know, like most of my friends are homeschoolers like I am. We're moms, mm-hmm. we're, you know, et cetera. But none, none of them own a business. I mean, a few are photographers or have a business, but not many. But then I joined Ms. Business and then I have that common thread. None of, no one in my huddle, um pink huddle shout out to the pink huddle none of them are uh homeschoolers but you know most all of us are moms and of course business owners so we can talk to each other in fact our last meeting um tasha who's our huddle leader and a huddle so people listening understands that you break down the overall group into smaller groups Correct. subgroups so we can meet like once a month and then a couple times a year everyone gets together Correct. which makes it nice So you form personal relationships with the women in your huddle. And anyway, Tasha had brought up, um, I think, imposter syndrome, which we I can relate to. And I think, actually, every photographer out there can relate to imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I think in different businesses, you can. But we always feel, you know, like you said, you don't need an MBA to be a business owner. But to be a photographer, you don't need to have gone to, you know, a school of photography. You don't need to have a degree in it. You don't need anything but the love, the drive, and they need to get the skills, right? You need to have a camera. You need to work on it and you need to do that. But you can doubt yourself if you don't have, if you don't have a brick and mortar studio, some people don't think you're professional. If you don't have a degree, then you're not professional. I mean, there's different things that you can, that can weigh on you if you let them.
1: Absolutely. And that's one thing that I kind of struggled slightly with um, in opening One Life Kitchen is like, they're like, where'd you get your chef degree from? I'm like, I just love to cook. <laughs> and so, yeah, I totally understand what that's like.
0: Yeah, a degree paper doesn't make you better at something it might give you some knowledge but if you are a great cook then you're a great cook yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. paperwork isn't going to make you better I'm
1: trying I wish I could remember the name of the book off the top of my head but it's like they were just talking about over and over it's it's practice that makes you be able to do good at something and I see that like over and over like uh for example like we have a place downtown and I always remember okay my car you have to get into this really narrow part of the garage and so many times I would scratch like the side a little bit and I'm like oh my god it's like I messed up again and but now you know fast forward four years later I'm like get in so I (laughs) said to myself I wasn't going to fix these little scratches until I could do it but it was the consistency of doing something over and over and over is actually what brings on the skill level to the excellence that you're trying to get if you do something once. And I think unfortunately that's what like even kids today see things. They see like the end and they see the applause and they're like, that's what I want. But they don't see all the hours right. it took to earn the applause to begin yeah, with. Yeah, the grunt
0: work, starting at the bottom, working your way mm-hmm. up. Yeah, I know people who've done that. People, People who walk out of, they have a college degree and they think they're going to start at the top. Like, no, if you want that top position and, and you can't get that position, you need to start wherever you can. And it exactly. might take a long time to get there. It's amazing how there's that almost entitlement that people have that I, I deserve this. I can have this. I, you know, yeah. and, and no, you don't. You haven't earned it. People have been doing that job for 20 years and they don't have that, that position yet. How, why exactly. would you think you should have that? Exactly. I mean, not that it doesn't happen, but I don't know. It's not, it's not reality to me in my no. life. <laughs> okay. So aside from social media, how do you unwind?
1: So aside from social media um i unwind several ways okay uh one definitely is music i like i had mentioned earlier i love playing the piano so i can unwind that way um I know for some people unwinding is not cooking but for me that's i i enjoy it so it is a fun activity that i so long as somebody else cleans up after me. yeah what's your favorite meal to cook that's like my role gosh you know what like we have so many in our family and the cool thing is each one of us likes something different so when we cook like my husband's from norway so he loves making all the norwegian dishes my husband's also an early riser so um, my kids will always remember their mom never made them breakfast, <laughs> but I will make them like a nice French dinner. You know, uh, I will, um, I'm, I'm a game that this year, one of my goals for this year was to make 52 new meals. So I'm definitely doing that. And, and I love being able to experience trying something new. Uh, yeah. Didn't you family. buy a
0: cookbook? Was it Martha Vineyard or some, you bought some cookbook about...
1: Oh, right, the, well, person. just recently, I just got Half-Baked Harvest. She's, um, she owns, uh, she, she's uh, what does she have like two, three million followers something like that. And she just launched her new cookbook yesterday. So I just got that. But I've been doing, um, this year, I've been doing a lot of Julia Child recipes, just going back to old school cooking. Okay. And like both, uh, both, <laughs> both. What was that dish? Beef? We, we'd call it beef oh, and they yeah, call it the both. Beef, Ruth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? My girlfriend, Andrea's, uh can speak French. And so she'll tell me, like, you know, when I say croissant, she's like, it's croissant. Or like, what I'm like, <laughs> I wish I, I, that's one thing I wish I could do is speak a foreign language. Yeah. I think that's a good hey, cool Your husband's a, He just
0: learned a foreign language, yes, didn't he? He learned
1: Norwegian during COVID season. And <laughs> he's from Norway. And so, you know, I asked, actually asked him that, like, like you're crazy how did you do that and you know he's he pointed out to me whatever you do in life it's like you have to have a, a passion but an interest for it and if you don't have an interest you're never going to take the time to do it so he's from Norway he's wanted to learn it and so he took the time to do it and he became successful at it but if you don't want it it's not gonna just find its way to you. <laughs> you have to kind of go get it yourself.
0: Yeah, and have some self-discipline to yeah, accomplish absolutely. that.
1: Yeah, so So I would say, um, but um, I also like to chill and watch a little TV um, you know, like with the Netflix series and stuff like that. I just finished uh, Emily in Paris uh, recently. Okay. Oh, and, and you that, just did a birthday and celebration loved, yeah, and you had a cute yeah, dress yeah, on like Yeah, that. for yeah. a friend's birthday. So um, that was fun and uh, we're finishing up The Crown right now. So um, th- that's I think the reason, going back to like what we we're talking about like how people want things and they want it now is like this day and age you can bin watch and um i don't try to i don't intentionally do this but sometimes like when somebody's talking i almost feel like i'm going like this like kind of fast forwarding them a little <laughs> bit and it's it's hard when you can have access to this and do it at the pace that you want it that that's just not like really you can watch an H T V show and in 30 minutes you have like this voila gorgeous home but the reality is that was like six nine months but it was just shown only 30 minutes and so it's unrealistic to expect something just from seeing something on tv or whatever that um, that's not how it works yeah i
0: agree it takes out it, it takes out the truth of what it takes to accomplish something. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, I think kids today are gonna struggle with that to some degree.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, because they're so used to it. Wasn't it Nike that was, or no, what was it? Just do it. Yeah, Nike. That was Nike. Yeah, but you can't just do everything. (laughs) You have to work (laughs) at it, right? And for unwinding, uh, do you like to go out to eat in the area as well?
1: Yeah, actually, um, you know what, when I <laughs> cook for other people, it's nice to be served once in a while too. So I love to um, enjoy eating out. We have a place downtown. So I try to um, be diligent about going to new places instead of just finding comfort in the same ones over and over. But um we live right down the street from purple pig so i can never fail going there that's always a good one or um the chicago club but um i like to try new i like to try new um places too but ultimately like i think food is associated also with who it is that you're hanging out with so just be mindful of when i go out Even if it's going to Biagi's again or something like that, like invite somebody new and and go with somebody because those are the experiences again that I think you remember, like when I go back to Biagi's, I can think of, oh my gosh, I did this event for the hospital there. Oh, I remember it was my girlfriend's 50th birthday there or something like that. So again, the connection of the food with the experience and the people I think is what really is kind of can turn maybe even a not so good meal into a good meal. (laughs) Yeah. Where do you like to go
0: in Barrington?
1: In Barrington, um, since we live in the village, it's very easy for me just to walk down to Francesco's or Shaku. Yeah. And what do you normally get? Um,
0: or do you try different things all the time? Uh,
1: you know what? Actually, I am so open to trying anything at Sheku because it's kind of funny uh, for people to understand this. I, I was one of, like I said, I was one of nine kids, but we were raised on very basic food eating and I didn't have the opportunity to actually eat out all that often with my family. And so um, it took me a while to learn how to enjoy and appreciate food and try different things and i was not a sushi eater necessarily upfront front at all and so when i went to some of these restaurants i would have to have other people order me stuff and so then i would learn how to like oh i like that one or i like that one and stuff like that but honestly when we go to shaku for the most part i'm totally like i'll eat anything on the menu i'm not picky anymore so just whatever you guys want um i'll, I'll be totally happy with eating that shaku boat you know like that so Um, And then Francesca's, I don't know. There's like so many good things on their menu too. Yeah. So um, tell
0: me, what is the first job you had? One that would not be on a resume. The
1: first job I had actually was doing nanny care for a couple in Arlington Heights right out of eighth grade. So um just Trying to make little extra money during the summer months, I babysat for these two girls who I actually still am in touch with and their mom to this day. So, um, that's that was that's really a sweet. great experience, and um, I got to be like you know, little mom to them, which yeah. was kind of cool. And they lived right down the street from a park and in the, in the swimming pool in Arlington Heights, so I got to um, enjoy. Uh, just, you know, summers with them. Uh, and then eventually, like, in, it's funny, some of the jobs I we had weren't enjoyable but something good came out of it mm-hmm. and not that babysitting for these girls wasn't enjoyable but you know when you're a freshman in high school to give up like three days i had to babysit three days a week from them and i did not like waking up at 6 45 because they would pick me up every day by like seven o'clock and i'm like monday through wednesday i'm like oh my god i gotta wake up and <laughs> stuff like that but a uh, good thing you know came from that, which is cool, but the other job I had, <laughs> and don't be annoying people, <laughs> but Solo I did phone survey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and back like then, that that job made serious money. And so you know when I would, and I'm like laughing at serious money. It was like seven dollars, but that was in 1988, 89. No, that's really good
0: money back then, and that was
1: really good money. And for, like yeah. the turnover was big there, um, because people could only tolerate it for a little bit. And so just being Catholic, my mom didn't allow me to work on Sunday. So they required eight hours on the weekend in order to take this job and then eight hours during the week. So you had to work a total of 16 hours. So I had to do all eight hours on a Saturday and like, you know, Friday night, I'd start having anxiety because like, oh my God, I got to be at this place all day long on (laughs) Saturday. (laughs) And sometimes people aren't nice, you know, and I get it, but anyway, but I was there for like two years before I actually, and I stayed on because of course I was, you know, kind of responsible a lot for my extra fun money myself Mm -hmm. and um, then... I was paying for my own college education. And um, while I was working there, because I really needed money, my husband who uh, started work in there was just kind of like, oh, I need some chump change on the weekends to go off and do my fun thing with my friends. And so um, I actually ended up meeting my husband at that job and he didn't stay on nowhere near as long as I did. But it was cool because I got to meet him there and, you know, who would have known that that job would have led to a husband? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I didn't know how you met Sean. I was yeah, going to ask you. Yeah, so. yeah. Very cool.
0: Yeah, I had some odd jobs too before I found a career path and um i did waitressing and i did i worked in fast food and i worked at like the neighborhood pool and i did mail sorting and i did do some um like some telemarketing but it was for um a political race it was um we didn't know who we were supporting but we were making calls to people and i I can't stand being called from from, from, for anyone even for a politician or for anything like please don't call me just we let all our calls go to voicemail or to the we have a we still have a we have an actual landline in our house which I don't think hardly anyone does, but we have the same phone number my husband had. He bought the house shortly out of high school. Mm. And so we have the number he's always had. And um, anyhow, people would call and we just let it go to our machine. Yeah. scan everything. Actually I
1: still have my landline too. Oh and, good for you. And I don't know it's the funny things that you get like emotionally attached to and I hope somebody can relate to this but I get emotionally attached to my certain numbers and like 381 is known as a Barrington number mm-hmm. and our number you know has a 381 and I'm like no I want this Barrington number like this is like uh, I don't know if I'd ever get it again so I'm like I need it and I need to know that what well, like one of my kids would be able to call if I don't I have my cell phone that they that they would always have that number. So I will not give up my landline even though it's I don't even know what it's costing me. But like twelve hundred uh, a year. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what we pay. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one that I have is um, my credit card from uh, my first credit card when I was a teenager. So like I still have that card because <laughs> I I kept that card and I don't let anybody use that card. That's like the card like if I got stranded on an island someplace I could um, but now you got <laughs> Apple Pay, so I don't know why I'm emotionally attached to this credit card number, but yeah. That's funny. I'm <laughs> the same way about my library
0: card. My library card that I got when I moved here 25 years ago, the card has been cracked in half. I have it like um, packing tape together, and I've asked them if they can replace it, but if they do, you get a whole new number. And I want my same number. Yeah, yeah no, I, I,
1: I can actually understand you on yeah, this. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I know. It's bizarre, but whatever. But it's good to know that you have a landline, because I always joke, if... You know, my husband would say, well, it's good to have a landline in case, you know, power goes out and we no one has cell phones. Well, who are we going to call? Like, no one has a landline. Now I yeah. can call you.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> call you or AT&T. That's about it. Yeah.
0: Okay. So in photography, we have something called burst mode um, that you can shoot rapid pictures. And I'm going to shoot some rapid questions at you here. Okay. And don't give it a lot of thought. These are just fun. Yeah. So um, what is a little known uh, fact or talent about yourself?
1: Wait, this is burst and I have to. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Just a little quick. Wait, you, uh, we, we, know w- you <laughs> we know you play piano.
0: We know you play piano.
1: One um, thing about me is I'm uh, am extremely extroverted, but I cherish very much the um, introvertedness of like driving in the car and like blaring like music and singing like really horribly off key. But I like to... Um, be alone a lot in the car and think and stuff like that. So it's interesting that, yeah, I'm extroverted, but there's a part of being introverted that I crave and need. Okay. And if you could have any superpower, what would that be? If I could have any superpower, what would that be? I, if I had a superpower, I wish I had like a killer memory because in business in particular, I want to be able to good be, be good at remembering people's names or recognizing them and remembering the experience and stuff like that, or uh, just to... Um, able to read a book. Sometimes I get frustrated because I'll like read a really good book and I'm taking notes because I'm where I know I'm going to forget things. And if I had this amazing memory that then I could be like, I read this book and this is what this said, and then be able to actually do what it says and follow through to make some good change for my life. That would probably be one of them.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree with having a great memory. That'd be good. Uh, What's something on your bucket list that you have checked off?
1: Uh, something on my bucket list that i have checked off was skydiving and which is really cool the story was um for somebody who didn't fly till i was in my mid-20s and i had like this this is funny how parents um instill their fears and phobias on you um of course again uh, being raised in a large family um we didn't really have the opportunity to travel that much and i never traveled like with my family ever on a plane so like spring breaks were actually unheard of um for me until i was an adult and so i actually i don't know where i got this um perception that like going on a plane is like a 50 50 live or die and (laughs) I had such fear of flying that I would not I'm like even after I got married my husband's like you should come with me on this trip and then I I would always make an excuse like well I got kids or I got this or I got this you know and while all that was true there's also owning the fact that you know I was scared to death to fly (laughs) and um. Actually, it was only after many years and I was being in actually a bible study group I was in and they we were reading um about Esther mm-hmm. in the bible and like she had to go before her her husband who's a king right. and, and back in that day you had to get permission to even present yourself right. even if that was your husband and so she was trying to save uh, the Jewish people and she had to go to the king and she's like and if I live I live and if I die I die and I saw like in that moment, like, oh my God, like, you know, you could be so fearful of death that it paralyzes you from like really living life. And at that moment, I'm like, okay, I got to book like uh, an airplane ride somewhere like now, like get me on a plane like so I can. And the first couple of times, honestly, I went, I I was anxious, but it's crazy now today. I don't like, I don't have anxiety at all um going on a plane. But my daughter and I we did um we I do a one on one with me each of my kids during the summer months and so my daughter one year she's like, let's go skydive and I and I don't want to be the like the old mom who, <laughs> who So which daughter was, that? was This it, was sky. sky. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And so we go and I'm, you know, acting all cool up front, you know, and then all of a sudden we go on the plane. I mean, my stomach is like, uh, I felt like I was going to just die. Just that, <laughs> like right there, you know? Oh and um, so... And you know, the cool thing though was like, I went with somebody else on their back. So it wasn't like I had to throw myself off the plane. Yeah. Thank God, because that would never, ever have happened. But I, got to, but, but I got to do it. And I'm telling you, it was like a high, like I've never felt in life. I was and I was so happy that I overcame it. And I don't even have a desire to do it again. But it was like, I was proud of myself that I did it, but I did not know like what a happy high in life could be. And the funny thing is, like when I was on the plane um, afterwards, we were talking and the guy's like, you know what? We have to get the the anxious ones off the plane first because as, as everybody goes off, it's going to stop you from wanting to go even more. So I told the guy, okay, I trust you with my life. Just like and he goes, I'm gonna count to three and we're gonna go. And then as soon as he said one, the next thing I know, like we were yeah. down. And I'm like, oh I don't even gosh. think I got to sleep. <laughs> he just boom shoved me out like oh with my him. Gosh. And but I'm telling you, Do you have like a video where is he wearing yeah, I, something? I do, I do. And you know what? Like this was like probably seven, eight years ago and still like one of probably the best days of my life.
0: Oh, that's that's really cool. You know? I couldn't imagine doing that. My husband and his friend decided to go skydiving. And they, um, I think they went and they took like the safety course or something and they both mm-hmm. bailed. like, yeah, no, we're, we're good. We made it this far. Yeah, That's all right. Um, you know, actually I know that you're, you're into the, um, you only live once and you recently took a YOLO trip to Miami, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. I, uh, so um, one of the things that I said this year was I was going to try to be less predictable. I feel like A lot of people know what I'm going to do before it is I do it. You know, like when I wake up in the morning, like always, you know, um, I make my bed. It's just, it's a good habit, but it's like, I I can't take step two until I do that. And a lot of times, even when we're talking about dinners, eating out, it's like, man, I'll get the same dinner because I, it's like, I know I like it. And um, I just wanted to, or... If you find me somewhere on the weekends, it's usually downtown because we have a place downtown. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to go down there instead of thinking, oh, let's go to maybe Michigan this weekend. It's only like a couple hours away. It's not that far, but I'm not, um, so to speak, original in a lot of my thinking. And and I like predictability as I shared it in my blog because it's comforting, you know, like change, again uh, makes you anxious. And so I'm like, I'm just going to stick with what I know. And so... One of the things, saying of I'm going to try doing different things, my one girlfriend reached out to me and she's like, hey, let's do like a 24 hour day in Miami. I'm like, well, how about like two or three days? Like, I'm like one day, like that's kind of like short. I don't, I don't know about that. And she's like, well like I'm just read your blog like a week ago and this is what you said you're gonna do and she goes have you ever done a 24-hour thing and I'm like no there's no there's nothing practical about that <laughs> you know and she's like well then you should do it and I'm like so I'm gonna buy a plane ticket for 24 hours and I'm like having a high about this It's like learn this idiot bucks. I'm like okay you know what like sure <laughs> let's let's just do it and it was the best 24 hours it was so much fun we got so much in in 24 hours and again I think that will just be a day I will remember forever because it's not anything I ever did before and so it was going outside of my predictable kind of response in doing something different and I and I loved every minute of it it was totally worth it I would definitely do it it again like 24 hours you can enjoy a lot in 24 hours you don't need like 48 72 hours to go away
0: yeah no we we that sounds really fun (laughs) uh we did one i did something similar only not in miami we just went to um tennessee and it was like 10 o'clock at night on a saturday night and my i was at my sister's house and her husband wanted to see an elvis movie and so he was going to go, this is back in the day, we need to go to Blockbuster to get a movie. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, if I'm going to pull my truck out, I'm going to drive to Graceland. I'm not going to go to the Blockbuster. So we looked at each other, we're like, okay, let's go. So we packed up and by midnight, my sister, her husband, her two-year-old and my dog and I piled in her Cavalier, her Chevy Cavalier, uh-huh. and we drove to Graceland and uh, did the like did the tour the next day and then drove home.
1: Oh, very and good. then we're
0: home by really early, probably more like 30 hours round trip. Yeah. but then i had to go to work and like it was i don't know i look back at that and you know yeah, you it's, it's fun to have that yeah. have those memories yeah okay so what was the best advice that you regret not taking
1: probably one of the best piece of advice i regret not taking is like when a friend of mine shared with me this bible verse about the fear of man will prove to be a snare and i have made decisions many times based on what I thought other people were going to think of me or my decision so I may have gone against a conviction or I may have just didn't want to ripple the water so I in caring too much about what somebody else thought of me I went away from who I should have been at that moment so and to this day I think I've gotten much better at it over the years but I really Learned that um, people pleasing is a huge downfall.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a fast track to, I don't know, failure or depression or...
1: Yeah, and stress. Because yeah. you'll never please everyone. Right, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Okay, and who has been most
1: influential in your life? Who has been most influential? In my life? I probably wouldn't say any one specific person, but... Um, you know I um admire I I, like when I see somebody like doing life right both in their family and spiritually and in a career, I think that like that stuff, um, like truly admire like I'm well a girl, I'm a total athlete lover. So it's like some of these great athletes like uh Tim Tebow or Russell Wilson or um people like that where I see like they have a platform and they are using their platform not only to um to uh build a successful career, but they're using their platform to stand for their convictions and their beliefs. I absolutely um, admired that greatly. Um, but probably one of the most personal influence people, and he since has passed on, is probably my um, husband's grandfather, because he was very gentle, very peaceful, extremely wise. He was one who didn't talk much. But when he talked, it's like you kind of really listened to him. And he had such wisdom and and just a kindness. And probably what made me really have just a love for him was I didn't have uh, a grandfather growing up. So I didn't get to see that side of what the role of a grandfather is. And so it's like, I just love that he cared for my children so much. And I love that he helped um, my husband and I out um, when we were early getting married and just kind of needed some financial assistance from time to time or just even advice.
0: Okay. Well, that's, he sounds like a nice, a nice man. Yeah. And uh, what's your favorite
1: wine? Okay, my favorite wine, um, I could definitely tell you is not Chardonnay. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of outgrown a little Chardonnay, but I used to be like a massive uh, white wine drinker. Um, I've kind of leaned now actually more towards reds and I think maybe to like less calorie intake might be slightly part of it but i i think you you know you develop a palette over the years and you start off with that i don't joke about the chardonnay but i like chardonnay is fine but that's like what i drank when i was like 21 and that's the only kind of wine i knew um at that time so i feel like i've brought in my palette to where i like um Good reds. Um, You know, Pinot Noir is always good. And I think for women in particular, that's the starting point of starting to drink like reds. It's not heavy embodied yet that you can actually really enjoy uh, Pinot um, in the cab. But honestly, at the end of the day, nothing beats like uh, champagne. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: And what is your F word now? It's not a bad thing. Um, an F word would be like fit, fun, faith, family, fabulous. It's something that I ask my clients for a program, for a, a project that I'm working on. So,
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Because I got to tell you, sometimes I use that little mother trucker word too often. <laughs> <laughs> Only when I'm watching a football game. I should just reclarify that. But um, my F word, you said fit, fun. Yeah, F- anyone faith, you want. Those were examples. Family. Um, I would probably say mine would definitely be faith um i see that that has always been um well there are so many things that change in the world if i can stay true to uh, my faith has kind of just helped me get through highs and lows of life and it's not always it's always guaranteed it's not always easy but it's something that it has helped me maintain me whether i've been successful or I've failed at something, or um, it just makes me know who I was created to be and stay true to that. Amen. Well, it's been wonderful
0: talking with you. And before we go, tell our listeners where they can find Ms. Business and where they can find One Life.
1: Okay, so One Life Kitchen, we are located in the Foundry Shopping Center. That's at the corner of Northwest Highway and Hart Road. Um, Our address is 742 West Northwest Highway. And you can also find us at one life kitchen.com or one life kitchen on Instagram. And Miss Business, uh, you can find that at Miss Business com, as well as on the Instagram. And uh, there we um, introduce uh, women to other women, like we talked about. And uh, you can uh, learn when we're having our business, book club, or huddles, or things like that, and get more information about joining.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks for having me.